In the name of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. Every now and then, somebody will come up to me and ask me about a certain Bible passage. Maybe it was something they heard in a devotion or Bible class or in a sermon. There's confusion and it doesn't make sense. Pastor, what do you think? Help me. Can you help me figure out what this passage is all about? Give us your thoughts on how to read this text. And then there are those Bible passages where the pastor is sitting there saying, what does this mean? And he goes to other pastors or maybe even some of his seminary professors and says, what does this mean? Help, I'm a bit confused. That is our gospel reading for today. This reading is without a doubt one of Jesus' most challenging parables. I have often wanted to take vacation on this Sunday. Let somebody else stand up here and wrestle with this text so I don't have to deal with it. There's no obvious or easy answer. There's no good Samaritan or prodigal son. No, instead there's a manager who deals with people unrighteously. A man who has been fired, who before he loses his job essentially gives away the goods that he was supposed to sell. That's it. And if it wasn't confusing enough, Jesus says he's commended for his actions. This doesn't make any sense. First off, how could he do such a thing? Secondly, why in the world is he congratulated for his behavior? Does forgiveness have any bearing on the rest of your life? That is truly the question that should be asked of all of us here today. Does forgiveness, the forgiveness God has given to you, the forgiveness you have asked of each other, does it have any bearing on you and the rest of your life? Does the one who has been forgiven, you, you heard it here today, I forgive you all your sins. That's not me speaking, that is God speaking. Your sins are blotted out, they're taken away. But do you in turn turn to your husband, your wife, your children, and forgive as you have been forgiven? Does this forgiveness spread out freely and wholly and recklessly to anyone and everyone? Do those people that you think don't deserve your forgiveness or who would never appreciate your forgiveness? What sort of debts should you be holding against each other? What sort of debts should you be holding against your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, your boss, who maybe hasn't let you move up the corporate ladder? What sort of debts should you hold against those people who don't live like you? Maybe who need more help like you, who are looking to others in their time of need. What sort of sins are worth holding on to and for how long? I ask this question to myself first, but I also ask it to you. Dig deep into your heart. Maybe you don't have to go that deep. And think about the things that you are holding against somebody else. Holding with a firm grip in your fist. 
holding so tightly that not even the love of God for you, found in Jesus Christ by His shed blood, will let loose of. You hold on, and then you hold on even tighter to it. Letting others, including the one who has offended you or done something against you, remembering all it is that they have done against you, not letting them forget, let alone not willing to forgive. This is what's so weird about today's lesson, about the thing we have before you here. The master, the owner, the CEO of the company comes back into town. And he finds out that these people, his customers, have had their debts cut in half and by 20% and so forth. You would think that he'd be enraged about this, but he's actually happy. This is a good thing. Huh? Don't get it. Why? Because the people are happy. The morale of his customers is high. Instead of being the evil overlord, the CEO, the one percenter out there, he is instead loved by the people. They've been forgiven in his name, even by this crooked manager. You'd think that he would have hired a new manager immediately to take over the accounts. You would have think he would have been a little more Johnny on the spot. He would have turned these deadbeats over to collection agencies to get every last penny out of them. But that's not how this goes. That's why Jesus always says with these parables, this is how the kingdom of God works. Not your kingdom not mine, not any CEO or business's kingdom. This is how Jesus' kingdom works. And this is why for us as sinful human beings, it's so difficult to understand because we wouldn't get anywhere in life if this is how we would run our business. But even more so, this really talks to us about how brutal we can be with each other. And for what? Money? Power? Reputation? Making sure that they get what they deserve in your heart or your mind? You have these relationships with other people around you, these what's-in-it-for-me type of relationships with people, where you are just being used or somebody else is using you for something? Do you have those relationships that are completely centered on power? Even little tiny bits of power that can turn others around us into our worst of enemies? But yet we come here and we say, hey, we are Christians. We love God. We love each other. Pastor, everything is perfectly fine. We live out the Christian life. I love my neighbor as myself. All right, it's all good, Pastor. How you doing this morning? I'm peachy. But then when you get in your car, you think, Ugh, I got to go to work tomorrow and deal with this person or these people. Oh, I got to go home to my family. 
my extended family, or whatever else. We turn these things into what we can hold on to with our power to turn others against us. Meanwhile, we serve a God who has forgiven us everything. He hasn't just cut our debts in half or by 20%. He has turned around and said, I'm going to pay for all of your debts by not just giving up the cash or the moolah to get you out of debt. I am going to give up my very life for you. I'm going to spill my blood for you. I am going to the greatest depths of shame and guilt and debt for you so that you may be forgiven and free and live. Oh, and by the way, there's no strings attached. You can't work for this. There's nothing you can do for this. It's a free gift. I want to give it to you, huh? This doesn't make any sense. Why? Because in all of our stuff that we deal with day to day, everything, our marriages, our work relationships, our neighborhoods, our retirement accounts, they in many ways fail us. That's what Jesus said here today. Receive friends by means of unrighteous wealth so that when it fails, you may be received into the eternal dwellings. When it falls apart, when you have wheelbarrows full of cash and you go to the store for a loaf of bread, when it falls apart, what do you have? Who will care about your promotion at work when you're living on the streets? As we continue to learn, nothing is stable, as at least we thought it once was. No one thought we'd be going back and forth with masks and vaccinations, and now, oh, more rising COVID rates, sweet Lord, deliver us. What will you have when it falls apart? And it will fall apart. Jesus says very clearly today, not if it fails, but when it fails. Gee, he seems kind of pessimistic, Pastor. No, he's just speaking the truth. But the other thing is this. We as Christians are not doomsday preppers, stockpiling ammo and guns and food that sits in buckets that's good for 25 years. For when we have to use it against people trying to get us, that's not being a good Christian. Perhaps in a way what we should be storing up but also giving out is the forgiveness won for us by Christ. Pouring out and freely giving this to one another and to everyone so that when everything else in this life falls apart, we will still have friends, not based on what I can get from you or how you can help me, but by what has simply been forgiven. Have you ever felt true anger and rage against somebody? Sure, you say. I can give you 20 examples. Maybe you live with some of them. True anger and true rage. 
Do you ever really feel good about that? Being all pent up and tight and aggravated, gritting your teeth. Have you ever just forgiven? And as Anna and Elsa like to sing, just let it go. What is it, 10 plus years and that song is still in my head? Just letting it go, forgetting about it, and moving on. This is a new day. I'm going to start over. Have you ever noticed the change that that brings about? Letting go, forgiving, and seriously trying to forget. But, Pastor, it's so hard to forget. I can't forget. I know. It's so easy to remember. But even when we are stuck with those things that have been done against us and we cannot forget, there's a simple little prayer that I want you to pray. It's from the Bible. And you're so pent up, so angry, so frustrated that you can't forgive, you can't let it go. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. It's so hard to, get, to let go of this. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. That's because Jesus has fully paid and forgiven of you every last sin. So that no matter how much it terrifies you to stand before Him on the day of judgment, He is going to look at you and to me and say, Well done, good and faithful servant. You may say, Well, I held on to all of those things. And He's going to simply say, I don't remember this. What are you talking about? And this is what He wants us to do with one another. How can you forgive them for what they said or what they did? Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I forgive you. Forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's the reason why the church has always survived through all times in all situations throughout this world. The church always will grow under persecution. Why? Because all that we have is forgiveness. And you cannot take this away, nor can anybody else. No pandemics, no riots, nothing else can take away the love of God in Christ Jesus for you, all for you, freely given each and every day. Forgiveness and love and grace and mercy and hope and joy and peace, all freely given to you in your baptism. As you walk by that font, don't just look at it as something that's in your way. Actually, it's a good thing that it's in your way because it's reminding you of who you are through your hearing, through your receiving of everything that Jesus gives to you today through this forgiveness when it makes no sense. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. None of this eternal life which is guaranteed to you today which is given to you, can be taken away. Not even death is going to ruin this for you. So do you have it all figured out? Can you tell me what this parable is all about? Next year when we preach this text, I'll probably start off the same way. And maybe that's why we really don't love this story, 
that Jesus tells us. Because it ruins our money, and it tells us what we already kind of knew to be true, but we're hoping could last. Money, power, reputation, retirement, it can all fall apart, and it will fall apart. Anything that is not flowing from the cross for you will fail. But as you look at Jesus on the cross, there you see your true Savior. There He is delighting in forgiveness, even for those of us who know not what we do. There, as He suffers in anguish, He finds great joy in you, and He gives you the better way, a way of life even in a failing world of death. Because our God is the God who outlasts and destroys all of our idols, all of our self-made gods, be it our money, our reputation, or anything else. For the kingdom of God makes no sense. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Jesus is crucified and raised from the dead. Even today, all for you so that you where he is, you may be also. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. You don't have to understand it. Simply receive it for Jesus' sake. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.